Jack O'Connor said, don't ever read a paper. You're kind of thinking, why did he say that? Or what did he mean by that? Or does he rate him higher than me? It opens up something that you do not want opened. The only be thing Intercounty players should be looking at or listening to is the football podcast. <laughs> Wherever you get your podcasts. Gaelic football on Off The Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. I'm delighted to be joined by Tyrone's Connor Moyder as AIB have announced a five-year extension to its sponsorship of the GA All-Ireland Football Championship, the AIB GA All-Ireland Club Championships and the AIB Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. AIB is extremely proud to be extending their support of the hashtag the toughest championship as well as the players and communities involved in Gaelic games nationwide. How's things, Connor? How are you getting on? All good, my end. And you? Yeah, not too bad. How was things, obviously, since um, you had that defeat to Monaghan? You've had a, a little bit of a break now. Yeah, bit of time to lick our wounds. Um, <clears throat> obviously, we set out with the intention of, of winning the Ulster Championship and didn't uh, didn't go to plan. And it's here in hindsight, it could be a great thing. We'll probably find out in a couple of weeks' time if uh, the bit of rest and, and the tough slog of training has stood us, but... I'd, uh, I'd rather be in Derry or Armagh's shoes at the minute for the Ulster final. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask. For you as a player, obviously, you'd much prefer to be having games than have a long period of time off. Yeah, I think at this level, everybody just wants to play games. And it's probably the one, of the ups- one of the upsides to the group format is you're going to get an opportunity to get a few games, which is brilliant. Um, I think it's really exciting. So uh, that said... I think the block of training will do us no harm. A uh, bit of time to look at ourselves as well. Probably a chance to get some of that work done that we wouldn't have got if we were tapering for games. Um, you were a bit up down. So, yeah, we'll see how it plans out. And how has it been? What have you been up to? Is it back to clubs at all or is it just sticking with the county? No, we just went back at it on the Tuesday night and players were sort of asked, what, do you, what way do you want to do this? And... We went back with the club or went back to the county on the Tuesday night and, and just went hard at it again. Um obviously we were disappointed after the Monaghan game as we probably didn't feel we'd given a full account of ourselves. Um still felt the game was was there to be won. So, you know, you were keen to get back training and try and tidy a few things up and uh hopefully get a chance to rectify that. What do you think it was against Monaghan? You were five points up at half time. You looked really in control of the game going into the break. What do you think it was in the end? Yeah, to be to be honest, probably felt we could have been further ahead in the first half. We were good and they were they were poor. Mm. We conceded too many frees and it kept them in the game and we missed a lot of chances. Uh in the second half, we just didn't manage the game right. And so that's that's on us as as players and, and myself. Um, you know the goal came at a tough time, the first one, and then and how we managed even to get back ahead by a point. We we showed a bit of grit and resilience there to get back ahead, and how we managed that last play was really poor on our behalf. You know the fact that Ryan O'Toole was able to find himself in that space with a a goal opportunity was was disappointing. So. Uh, and credit to him, he, he took his chance. I don't know if I would have went for it if I was in that position, but credit to him. Um, 
we'd be looking at it from our point of view and saying how we let it get to that stage, never mind um, how it unfolded. And have you talked about that as a group or even just amongst yourselves as players? Did you think he was going to go for a goal? Probably more among ourselves. I don't think anybody expected the goal coming, especially with you know two players on the line as such. Um, the easy thing was to fist it over the bar and, and take the game to extra time. And I think that's what we were all expecting even in the moment. So I was as shocked as any when it went over. Um, but as I say, you go home and you roll about, you're lying in bed rolling around thinking, what if? And if I had it in this and that, and then after a couple of days, you come around and realise of a, a admiration for him to for actually going for it. So for him at now. Yeah, LS champion debut as well. It was something else. But for you then, looking on at Derry and Monaghan last weekend, what did you make of the game? Well, I was selling selling half time draw tickets at the club, so. You were getting jarred and quizzed. I think I'd rather been on the pitch than selling tickets, but um, I actually thought it was a great game. I think Derry were super impressive. Their attack to shot ratio, their you know their conversion rate, they were they were on the money. Um, and defensively, they were they were well set up, bar one or two blips. So I thought they were very impressive. Monaghan probably will feel that they didn't give as full account of themselves and. I'd say they're champing at the bit now to get get another game in the in the group stages going. Does that make it even tougher that when you watch Monaghan, they didn't perform not to how they can, and you've lost to them in the previous game to knock you out? Did that does that make it even tougher watching on? Not really, Ashley. Um, probably get better at compartmentalizing, just realizing like, look, that game's out of our control. Um. I still think the All-Ireland this year is as open as it's ever been. And on any given day, there's, well, you have 16 teams there who will all fancy themselves uh, against anyone. So there's excitement that comes with that as well. I don't think that pushes us down the packing order or um, or as, as bad as people might make out. You know, we're going into the group stages now, excited to see how it plans out, you know, you know that if you're making that top three, you're going to get another opportunity. And you know, we back ourselves against against most teams. You're looking at Derry at the minute though, and and they are they're moving really well. Um and it'll make for an exciting Ulster final, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. And just to speak a little bit about Tyrone and the ins and outs of the team. So just the dynamic of the management, obviously Fergal Logan and Brian do here. How has it been with them and what is the dynamic? Like if you could give us a sense of who is the more the man management, who does the talking in the changing room, how do they they balance it all? It's very much 50-50. Like the one thing about Brian and Fergal is they are Tyrone through and through and they want what's best for the team and the players and they're very good in that sense um they both they both have different have different strengths um and some of them probably it's like in any coaching or management setup some people will have better connections with other players and, and coaches and it's a case of managing who who chats to who or who does what but the two boys get the balance get the balance well um the only thing they want is 
is to put Throne in the best position possible. There's there's absolutely no doubt about that. And they're two very passionate men as well. So it's great to have them. We also have two brothers as well. Obviously, Rory and Dara. Canavan, what is it like having the, the two brothers on the team? Two Canavans with two Donnellys. Um, That's right. Sorry. Yeah. I think I'm not doing the two boys out. Um, <laughs> I'd say they're harder on each other than than they are on anyone else. Probably they have an expectation of each other as well, Rory and Dara. Um, if it's a shooting competition after training, they, they want to beat each other as much as anything else. Same with the two Donnellys. Um, the two two Canavans in particular, they're at the minute they're obviously they have that youth and that excitement that that comes with them. Um, two cracking players, two men that uh, very tricky to mark in training without a doubt. Um, so now uh, especially Rory coming through after a brilliant under twenty one campaign, Dara getting a real good run of games this year, um, where he previously had a couple of injuries. You can see that there's a buzz and excitement about with them two boys on the pitch. Just life as a county player, obviously you've been around for a while, Connor. How do you find that? Is it as enjoyable as ever, or is it getting maybe tougher to, to balance life and playing? Uh, it's a good question. Probably there's probably a couple of elements that I I love it. I do love it, and I love the idea of playing. Or to her own, like that was a dream growing up, and I don't take that for granted at all. Um, I'm really lucky that I've had so many opportunities and, and got the opportunity to play in so many big occasions. And you still feel like there's a niche there, that there's more. And I have such admiration for players who can play, have that longevity and availability, and play well into their thirties. Um, you know, in particular, look at the the Monaghan men there: Carl O'Connell, Darren Hughes, and McManus. Like. It's phenomenal what them them men are doing for their county and still going. Um, huge admiration for that. So for me, I'm still loving it. Um, touch wood now that I've been able to keep myself pretty fit and healthy through throughout that career. Um, but also learning that there's there's life outside football as well. Doing a PhD at the moment. Um, looking to try and create a pathway for the the integration with with Gaelic Games. So the GAL GFN Camogie. So. It's full on for anyone who's done a PhD. It's it's fairly stressful and trying to juggle the two can be can be tricky at times. I suppose that's with the amateur, the amateur ethos. You're you're trying to run, play like a professional, and live like a professional, um, and then you're also working alongside it. So it is stressful. It's fairly full on and intense when you're in it. But I wouldn't change a thing about it. Um, even everything outside it, all the requirements, the the analysis, the recovery, the extra skills and strength and, and everything else that you put into it. Um, it's a lifestyle choice really now, inter-county football. And if you're not willing to make that decision and, and buy into it, then you'll not last too long. Yeah, just mentioning on bringing all of the, the games under the one umbrella of the GEA and you do a lot of your work with the GPA as well. Is that important to you to, to see that happen? I think it's really important and if well uh, it's it probably initially started actually with looking at the the gender equality uh, in sport and leadership and realizing how unequal it was and particularly in in Gaelic games and and some of the disparities there so for me now 
you feel like you're doing something that's giving you a sense of purpose and a bigger picture um, as a male intercounty player you know pushing and promoting equality isn't uh, as common so as I've done the research now for the past 12 months and, and will continue to do for the next couple of years we've a research paper now coming out along with um, two supervisors as well so co-authors on that it'll be really interesting to see for people to see some of the results there on, on what we've picked up from Gaelic Games. We did a case study on golf, Ireland, and the integration, the, the merger that they had there. And look at merger research based on gender across other countries and other sports and how we can maybe put together some some sort of a pathway, as to say, or, or some indicators for Gaelic Games to, to be aware of. It's, it's an exciting project to be a part of. You know, it dates back to well into the 70s where people were talking about integration and mergers. And along that journey, there's been um a lot of a lot of talk about it, but but very little has happened. So I think if we're looking at it, you know, wanting to create the best game possible for, for Gaelic games um for the future. Well, even now, if we were to rip up a script and say, let's start Gaelic games in 2023. It would be a fully integrated organization. There's no question about it. And um, the potential it could have in 5, 10, 15, 100 years time and where the organization could be. Uh, it's exciting to be part of that at the minute. And I just hope that things start to progress maybe a wee bit quicker than we are. Yeah, recently we had the report about the expenses that female players get. Were your eyes opened at all to some of these findings as a, a male intercounty player? Maybe you were aware anyway, because you do a lot of work in it. Uh, they were opened probably a couple of years ago, actually, when I started looking into this all a wee bit more. Um, opened up so much that you're now doing a PhD in it. So that's something I feel quite strongly about. I knew that the numbers were coming out with the state of play report. And I think that's part of it is bringing a greater awareness because for a lot of people involved in Gaelic games, they don't actually understand how unequal it is or the disparity between um, the men and the women and, and the associations. For some people, they actually don't even realise that they're separate organisations for a start. Like they just see it as one, which um, which is, it shows you for a start. But like I've always believed that, you know, if regardless of... Of gender, if you're going out to play Gaelic games under the one umbrella, you should be afforded the, the same opportunities. And unfortunately, that's not there at the minute. Um, and I don't know if we'll ever reach a point where the two are treated equally, um, unless we can bring it all under one umbrella. Um, I think the thing that's constantly thrown back is, you know, what does equality look like, really? And my definition of equality could be different than yours and what someone else sees. And equality isn't something that we flick a switch or click our fingers and all of a sudden we have equality. If we did integrate the three organizations, that doesn't necessarily mean we have equality straight away. But it's something that's going to take time. Um, you're trying to change people's perceptions and behaviors of you know, what has existed for so long uh, in sport and society and trying to educate people to better understand what the organization could potentially look like. 
yeah, I think it's important for us to have these conversations as well. I know I've gone off topic a little bit, but I, you know, I think it's great that you do so much work in that and wish you well as well with your PhD. And just bringing it back to the the game for a bit, the men's game. Um, looking at the game at the minute, is there any rule at all that you would like to change? What do you think of the attack and mark? Um, I'll be honest. It's there's nothing I feel that strongly about that I would consider changing. Um, the attack and mark. It's uh, look. It's, some teams are able to use it to their advantage, and I think that's smart and that's how we should be looking at the game is how can you get that we age um, some teams use it very well some don't has it made much of a drastic impact I don't I don't know um, yeah there's probably nothing there Ash and I feel that strongly about that I would consider changing I'm very much just go with the flow and, and whatever's going Absolutely, fair enough. And who would you say is the hardest player you've had to mark through the years? <laughs> um, good question. Um, over the years, I don't know if I would put any one player up in pedestal. There's probably, when you're marking players, they all bring something different. And your preparation is probably, you, you know, you're chopping and changing that based on that. Like some players... <clears throat> will drop very deep, some will play very far up, some have electric pace and good footwork and others will be um, more of a shooter on the loop or whatever it might be. You know, I've been fortunate and I actually enjoy marking those those big game players because you know that that's going to challenge you and every day you go out, you run the risk of of getting skint, is <laughs> um, a nice way to put it. And that has happened on occasions as well. Like, you know, we, we play Mana and I, was matched up with Stephen O'Hanlon, someone who I would have a lot of respect for. And all the players I mark have an awful lot of respect for because you know that they've put in serious work to get to where they are and to be at the level they are. Um, I kicked a couple of points in the first half and you get a goal in the second. So um, again, you shake hands after, uh, you know, any of those those sort of tough contests, the uh, Paddy Darkins, Paddy Cliffords, the, um, the Ram Hughes, whoever it might be, like you always shake hands after and there's probably a mutual respect there as well to sort of say right you've given it everything I've given it everything and um, somebody somebody comes out on top and, and whatever that looks like and we might look at as well just the new format obviously the draw was done yesterday first off what do you think of the new format I like it for now um, hindsight will be great when we look back on it and see uh, how that how the Provincial championships have potentially impacted it and, and the focus in, on that. But as a player, from my point of view, you just want to be playing games and getting as many games as possible against top teams. And it does that at the minute. You've got the top 16 teams um, based on ranking in Ireland in four groups of four. You know that there's a huge incentive to win the group, so you're going out to try and win every game. But you also have a bit of security and knowing that second or third will also get you a game. Um, but I think it's how they have created the structure in that every game is probably going to be meaningful. You're going down to the last game with two losses and you pull one out of the bag and you're potentially getting through to the next stage. So 
there's incentives for for every team there and for now it's exciting we'll probably see how teams go about it in terms of preparation um is losing in your provincial any beneficial or is one in the provincial i would take an ulster medal and ulster championship all day but we'll probably see how all that plans out now in, in the next couple of weeks yeah, that's a good point because in Group Two you've the the Connacht winners, so Galway or Sligo, the Ulster runners up. So that's a tough one, Derry or Armagh, and then Westmead as well. What did you make of the group? It's probably been got more attention than I thought it probably deserves. Like people were calling it the group of death. I don't really see it. I like got to be totally honest. I would look at Group One and Group Four in particular as two really competitive groups that you wouldn't be totally sure who's going to get out of and our group included. Um, I don't think there's any team there that's going to be totally fearful of another uh, with the home advantage, the way the neutral, like you'd be backing yourself to to try and get at least one win out of that. And there's excitement in that. And, you know, take Gaelic games, take GA, there's always going to be an upset somewhere. So I don't think it'll be as straightforward as as what people are making out. First game for you is anyway, it's against Galway or Sligo away. So you'll be watching the Connacht final this weekend? I'll be watching it closely. Um, mm-hmm. We've come up against Galway most years now. And Sligo is a bit of unknown there as well. 20, 2015, I played against Sligo in Croke Park in a backdoor game. So there's been a, a fair turnover of players since then. But you'll be watching closely. No real, as I say, is there a preference of who you want to play? No way. And same with the with the Ulster one, you'll be watching on Keen and just see how it all unfolds. And yeah, it's exciting. The second game as well. That's probably a really interesting one. Obviously, Derry or Armagh, but you'll get them at home in Healy Park. So you'll be happy about that. Yep. Home venue for me. I'm happy out. <laughs> um, I may get a bit of extra, extra shooting practice in the pitch that week. So it'll be grand. I think it's a really exciting Ulster final. I'm excited to watch it just to see how the two teams set up and how they go at it. Um, both teams deserving of being in the final and it's it's going to be so close. I I couldn't call it at all now. Um, Derry, Derry were phenomenal against against Monaghan. Um, they, were, they were excellent and, and Armagh so impressive against Dye in that you're really unsure of, of how it'll unfold. Yeah, it's hard to call, that's for sure. You, you seem excited and like you're um, looking forward to, as, forward to it as much as ever this year for the championship. Yeah, like there's no, I don't see a point in, in dreading it. Like I, I enjoy big games. I want to play in big games against the big teams and the big players. And sure, look, that's that's where you get into it in the first place. Um, probably been better at that in the last couple of years more accepting of embracing it and enjoying it and I think that's probably shown in my game as well that that enjoyment and freedom so uh, yeah looking forward to it Brilliant Conor thanks so much for your time today No problem Oshin Cheers Gaelic football on off the ball with AIB proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship check out hashtag the toughest for more